All right, let's go around baseball. We just did with Mark Feinstein, and now we will with uh, Peter Gammons. Uh, the Peter Gammons Report brought to you by Mavis Discount Tire. Save on tires at MavisDiscount.com. And by Fubu, Fubo TV, F-U-B-O TV. Watch your local sports live at FuboTV.com. Peter, welcome. How are you? I'm doing really well. Really I- well. It's sort of fun watching the uh, American League East go around in circles. Yeah, let me let me start there, Peter, as, uh, after the four-game set with very little offense. Um, it is very clear, abundantly clear, the Red Sox needed a, a bona fide RBI guy. Who is on their uh, radar screen? I don't think they're going to do it. I, I don't think there's anybody there that they would do. I mean, you know, I, I, Frazier's a great, great guy, but he's, you know, he also has hit 208 the last two years, and it's going to be a tough ballpark for them because they're just going to get feet and breaking balls. So I, I don't see them. You know, they basically gear it all on when is Hanley Ramirez finally going to get hot and hit the way he did last year and in the National League. I think that's um, there's a lot to be gambled at. I mean, Moreland basically has hit like 160 uh, since he got hurt in June. Um, so they have they have two, three, two or three areas of need. And it's very hard to say, oh, bring a DH, because then what do you do? Does not play Ramirez at all. So um, I think that they have to kind of go where they are, and I know they're out looking for a uh, couple of relievers. Uh, I think it was very evident in the Saturday game, for instance, that, that John Farrell has no confidence in pitching Matt Barnes. So, I mean, somebody has to pitch the eighth inning. So that's, I think, that their first thing. And they've got to try to get, every, try to get their larger hitters hitting again. One guy that's really hurt them is that Bogart, since he got hit by the pitch and has been hurt, has not hit for like three weeks. But I, I do believe that's a short-term thing. He's their best RBI guy by far. We're talking with Peter Gammons. And then, Peter, the, uh, I'll give you the uh, the guys we're hearing about with the Yankees. We're hearing about uh, Alonzo for the A's, and obviously the A's are always in business. And we're hearing about Duda and Reed. Now, Reed is a guy who's going to get a ton of, of people after him. That's going to be the one the Mets are going to obviously be able to make a bit of a score on. Everyone's going to want Addison Reed. But uh, what, what do you think as far as uh, the Yankees go shopping for little uh, left-handed pop at first and, and maybe a relief pitcher? Well, um, I mean, to me, the ideal guy is Justin Bohr because um, I mean, he's an amazing guy. It, all credit to Don Mattingly. Justin Bohr in his first three years in the major leagues did not hit a home run against left-handed pitching. Hit, I believe it was 140. And Mattingly believed his swing was should be able to hit left-handers. Every time they faced a left-hander, road, home, whatever, he had almost all of the bats against lefties in the spring training. Right now, uh, I believe of all left-hand hitters, he has the highest OPS in baseball right now. And, um, you know, he's not a great first baseman, but I think he'd be really dangerous in Yankee Stadium. And, and I think that would be a tremendous addition. And you don't have to sit him down against, right, against left-handed pitching. You can hit him against left-handed pitching, and he'd be, uh, I think he'd be great. I, I know they've talked to, to Miami a lot about Phelps, as have the Red Sox, uh, about Reed. I know the Red Sox have talked a lot about Addison Reed. Well, the Yankees love Phelps. They've loved him. They didn't want him to leave. They love him. They obviously gave him up because they needed to get a pitcher, but they have been trying to get him back ever since. They've been in, they absolutely love Phelps. Phelps is a great guy to have on your team. Any team would be good to have Phelps. Any team, Red absolutely. Sox, Yankees, any of those teams. Phelps is a guy who helps you immeasurably. 
Well, and also he can get you um, six, seven, eight outs and he still get swings and misses. He's a really valuable guy. And, um, ownership in Miami is not very keen on him. So uh, um, he's going to get moved. I mean, I'm not sure you're going to see a, a lot of huge trades. I, I was told that it's very doubtful that the Marlins will start trading their court. They really don't know whether he, that the earth change is going to come fairly soon or it's going to happen until next year when he'll save a lot of money on uh, on taxes. So uh, uh, we don't know, but we will see, um, you know, six or seven guys go. And um, I think, you know, I mean, I, I probably won't go because he's making too much money, but I think Phelps is the guy. I know that they've, the Marlins have done a lot of scouting of the Yankee farm system, particularly in the South Atlantic League. Um, and the Yankees have done, you know, the, the, the Mets have done a lot of the Yankees. So I think it's, uh, you know, those two guys are probably the most attractive relievers to the Red Sox and, and Yankees. And just because, I mean, neither team wants to keep rolling that, uh, that payroll up. They don't want to go above the luxury tax. And, you know, Robertson might be terrific, but he, he also can bring you up to the point where you, you end up paying the penalty again next year. Yeah, which they want to try and guard against. How about starting pitches? I mean, let's talk about the Giants for a second. How how deep will the Giants go in allowing you to cut into their team right now? Well, um, I just don't think Cueto is tradable at this point. Um, and I'm not so sure if Samarja is that attractive. He's like the... He's like the guy I, I always think, oh, I'd love to have Jeff Samarja because of his makeup, the whole football nature. Um, he's so aggressive, but it just hasn't happened as a career. It's tough to, to pay him the kind of money he makes. I think one guy that might be an interesting one, not for in the American League East, but for somebody in another division like Kansas City or someone like that, I think Matt Moore might be an interesting guy to go get right now. I think he might be, be someone who could help. Um, He's sort of in that same category as Garcia for the Braves. I mean, okay, as a fourth or fifth starter, we'll see what happens. How about Toronto? I mean, Hap is there. Stroman's there. Stroman would be expensive. There's no question. I don't know if they trade him. Houston supposedly is interested in Stroman. I mean, anybody would be interested in Stroman, but he's going to come at a high price. What about Toronto? Well, I, I'll tell you, the Cubs, I know, inquired on Stroman. They were talking about uh, getting two pitchers um, with, with some time on them. And uh, they were told Strowman's not available. The Blue Jays still think that in the last turnaround with Tulowitzki and, and uh, Donaldson and some of those guys, that they can still be competitive next year. So they don't want to trade a, a younger guy like Strowman. Um, they might get a lot for him, but I don't think immediately that the Blue Jays can do a, a, a thorough rebuild. It's just too much money in Rogers and television and also putting people in the ballpark. So I don't think that would happen. I think Estrada might go. I still think, even though they deny it, that they would talk about Hap. Um, but they're not going to talk about Osina out of the bullpen. They're not going to talk about Strowman. So, um, so it's, I mean, obviously the number one guy is Sonny Gray. Right. And I don't think the Yankees, I just don't see... Brian Cashman and Billy Bean doing a huge trade. I just don't I, – I, I've never seen that being part of their their equation. I think that Houston is very afraid of trading a lot of prospects, which to me is silly. I mean, it reminds me of Kansas City 
um, two years ago when Dayton Moore said, hey, the time is now. And he traded five prospects for, for, uh, for Cueto um, and Zobris. So, I mean, to me, Houston should be doing that. I think they should be trading three, three really good prospects to get great. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I don't know where it goes. I mean, I could see the Dodgers jumping in on Sonny Gray at the last second. And um, how about the way the Dodgers have been playing? I mean, you know, let's be honest. The Dodgers don't have any weaknesses right now. I mean, they really don't. I mean, that team is uh, not only is it you know thirty uh, twenty seven and five in its last thirty two games, but let's they got they got they got two pitchers who are fourteen and two and eleven and zero. They got power on top of power. They got guys hitting three seventy. They got Bellinger with what he's doing. They got you know they got gas out of the bullpen. I mean, they they have everything you could want right now. Yeah, they want a left-handed reliever, and so they, Houston, and a couple others are talking about Justin Wilson. But um, I think one of the things that gets really underrated about the Dodgers is their incredible depth. They have so many useful players. They went and stole Chris Taylor, who's a really good player from Seattle. Austin Barnes, how many guys can you ever remember that were top of the chart as far as framing? I don't believe that much framing, but still, he's a great catcher, and he plays shortstop and second base, and he's a good offensive player. I mean, Kiki Hernandez is a good bench guy. They have so much depth. There's not a wasted spot um, on their uh, on their 15 or 14 position players. We just learned now. Hold on a second. We just learned Houston now. Korea's out. How long? Eight weeks? Did you just tell me? Eight weeks. Eight. uh, And what is it? A fractured thumb? Is that what it is? Oh boy. Hold on. What is it? Torn ligament. Torn ligament in the thumb. Out six to eight weeks. Boy, that's that. I mean, and he's been playing so well. Um, I don't know whether they move Bregman over to shortstop, what they do in the infield. They may play Gonzalez more at shortstop and keep Bregman at third. But it's a, it's, he's such a key guy. There were a couple of weeks ago I was watching a game um, in which um, they had a couple of young, they had a, a, a young Latin pitcher named Martez who was struggling to get through the fourth, fifth, and sixth inning. And the guy that was always on the mound, sort of leading the infield, was Correa. And I was thinking, this guy's 21 years old, and he's already t- taking a leadership role on this team with younger Latin players. Yep, he's really important. He's a great. They I say guess. he's a great leader. Uh, they say he's a great team get made, a great leader. I mean, he has he's been everything you could want. There's no question. But listen, they can take that injury and get him ready for the postseason. I mean, you know, they, they have, listen, they, you know, they're lucky enough to have a 17-game lead, so we know how uh, they are so far gone we don't even have to worry about them, but that is still two months for Korea. That's all of uh, that's all of the rest of July, so maybe they get him back just in time, you know, last couple of weeks in September, maybe to kind of just get himself ready uh, for the postseason. We're talking with uh, Peter Gammons, uh, and that Korea stuff just came up just uh, moments ago. Uh, Washington has to make a couple of moves before they're complete, but right now this year belongs to the Dodgers. It belongs to Washington. It belongs to to Houston right now. But Washington, probably of those three, is the one that has to make the most moves. I agree. I think. I mean, especially having lost Ross, they probably need an, a, a fifth starter. Maybe, maybe they go out and get Garcia um, from the Braves. Although it's hard to imagine them training in the same division, and they probably. They've got like five or six relievers, but um, they're going to have to use every one of them because they don't have that guy that's going to go out and pitch the ninth inning all the time. So it's it's going to be mix and match every night. And 
You know, a guy like Doolittle, who's really good, but, I mean, he's a 36-38 inning a year guy. I mean, he gets hurt a lot. So you've got to be careful on how you use him. And, and I, I agree. I think they do need to, uh, to, to make, add some, some more. And, and, you know, they always say, well, we don't want to do this. But there comes a point where people say, you know what, um, when are they finally going to win? And, again, I go back to Dayton Moore. I thought that was so great. Two years ago, when he finally said, "You know what? This is our time, and it's go pitch." Sorry about this. They, Hanley Ramirez was supposed to be in the batting gate. I'm gonna move here, so I don't have to listen to the music. That's okay. Um, um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Washington's really good, but the Dodgers are so deep. And if they get one more guy to set up uh, in front of Jansen, and I'll say a guy to watch. It's kind of a cool thing. They draft, in 2015, they drafted Walker Buehler out of Vanderbilt, who had a great arm, but he needed Tommy John surgery. And he took four years off. I saw him in spring training. Oral Hirschheiser took me over to see him and said, look at this, he sold 100 miles an hour. And he shot through, just got up to AAA. He's going to spend a month and a half at AAA and then come up as a two or three inning strikeout middle reliever. He may be a vital guy in, uh, in October because... They've really babied him a lot. Not babied him, but they just made sure that he doesn't pitch too much, which is a smart thing to do. And, you know, I mean, I can remember how well he pitched when Vanderbilt won the 2015 College World Series. I don't think he's afraid of any of that stuff. He's a, he's a guy that would keep your eye on. I wonder how big an influence that Kershaw has been on Alex Wood. I mean, I, I would gather he's been a large one, but I, I don't know the relationship. But, I mean, to have Wood come up and do what he's done this year, is utterly remarkable. I mean, you have Kershaw there who's 14-2, and two, and you got Wood there who's 11-0 and 0 with a one-and-a-half ERA. I mean, it's ridiculous what he's become. Well, you know what I find interesting, Mike, is that, um, you know, people talk about, well, they love guys with pretty deliveries. And this came up this spring. I did a thing with Rich Hill and Kershaw on breaking balls. <laughs> What they did was they both talked about how they work on being deceptive and how, you know, that they change their deliveries around a lot. And Max Scherzer is the best example of that. Everybody thinks he's unconventional, but nobody can ever pick the ball up. And I think that, I think Alex Wood, he got run out of Atlanta because people said, well, his delivery is too, uh, is too unorthodox. He'll never make it. Well, you know what? That, that delivery is part of what makes him so good. And I think baseball people, I think it's really changing where people are looking for guys who just get people out rather than have pretty deliveries. Because sometimes those pretty deliveries are so easy to see um, guys hit them. You know what I mean? I mean, it's yep. just, I mean and Scherzer was here in spring training. Scherzer put me up against the wall and, like, move my body around so he could make me feel what his delivery feels like. And it was funny because it, it, I, I, I really got it. At the end, I learned, this is exactly where he comes to. He, he does all these different things. His head goes up and down and everything. But when it comes to letting the ball go, he's in perfect position to throw. And, and uh, um, I think that deception is uh, – one of the most underrated things. Uh, well, I'll tell you, to... you know, we put Wood aside for a second. Kershaw, uh, Scherzer, and Sale have been the best three guys by so far. It's unbelievable. And Sale's game on Saturday 
was as overpowering a game as I've seen in a long time. That game was, you know, that was a game that you just, and I know that Kimbrell felt bad when he gave up the home run. I felt badly, but boy, I'll tell you, Sale's game was just overwhelmingly powerful the way he dominated that game. I, I agree. And, you know, one of the things that, that, that uh, um, I, I really like about Chris Sale is it's never anybody else's fault. I mean, if he loses, well, I, you know, I shouldn't have done this, or I should have done that, or, um, you know, he never blames anybody. And I, I find that really, I think today in the game, it's really important when you do that. Uh, it's, I mean, he, he loves pitching. He loves competing. I mean, before the game, uh, the All-Star game, he and Scherzer were talking about having to face those lineups. And they were both saying, you know, uh, if you want to start the All-Star game, you better want to face the best lineups in the world. And if you don't want to, then go to the Florida State All-Star game. You know? <laughs> Which I thought was a great way. They're, you know, they're both very funny people. And they've both been so good. I mean, Scherz, you know, give Scherzer credit. Scherzer's been good year after year after year. I mean, we know what Kershaw is. We know that. But Scherzer's been unbelievably consistent. He really is. You know, he held out for the money. He didn't take the first contract. He believed in himself. And you give him credit. He has been unbelievable as a pitcher. He has. And if you go back and remember, Arizona traded him. They drafted him. Mike Rizzo drafted him. But they traded him because they said his delivery is so bad his arm would never hold up. Well, here he is, two Young awards later. Uh, he's one of the greatest, one of the best pitchers of the last 10 years. And, uh, again, it's, it's just, I mean, I, I'm sure that's the same thing with a quarterback in football or different ways of doing things in different sports. There's no one way to do everything. And that's what I think it makes the whole Scherzer, Kershaw, Rich Hill, uh, Sale, all these guys, so interesting. Uh, Remarkable what the Dodgers have done here. You know, it'll be hard for them if they don't win it this year the way they've been so dominant. I mean, they have been um, they have been incredibly dominant what they've done here the last couple of months. It really is remarkable. It is, and I don't know. I, I think that, I'll tell you what was, for me, was one of the most, one of the best things as someone who has been in the business for a long time and enjoys it. I think one of my favorite things about the All-Star game was the incredible modesty of both Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger. I mean, they just brought up the right – they're both people who are brought up the right way. They're really good people. I actually talked to Clay about, um, about bringing up his son because I said the first time I ever met him was two years ago in spring training. He walked up, introduced himself, and, and uh, said, my, my father uh, uh, always thought that I should do this and blah, blah. And, and he said, you know what? When you are an ex-major league player and you're raising a kid, one of the most important things is to make sure that that kid uh, is modest, respectful, and isn't any different from anybody else. Well, he has done that, and what an incredible year he's had. Uh, it's going to be a fun finish. It's be a good couple of weeks, Peter, so we'll be uh, chatting about it. So thanks very much. We'll talk to you again. Have fun. Thank you very All much. Right. Okay. My pleasure. Peter Gammons, uh, who obviously is on the field at Fenway Park. If you didn't gather, that's where he was. 